Welcome. Hallelujah. Can we have our seats? Let's pray together. Father, we stand in your name. We thank you, O God, for making it possible for us to stand and represent you. You are the only one who can do this. Thank you, Lord, for your grace upon your children and your daughters. Thank you for granting us a privilege to carve out a week out of the year to have the honor to do what you want us to do, to hear what you want us to hear. We ask, O God, that tonight you will grant us grace and understanding. Cause your word to come and mix with faith in our hearts. Grant us convictions. Lord, touch us. Encounter us. Energize us to arise. Because the time, Lord, has come for us to rise up, to do that which you want us to do. We beg you, O God, tonight, that your word will not fall to the ground. It will fall in the midst of our hearts. And Lord, you will grant us faith to rise up. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. I'm back again in your midst. I thank God for each one of you. There are some that I'm seeing for maybe one year ago or two years, five years, I don't know. But I believe that you are in faith. One thing that came to my heart when I saw these very particular topics that I'm going to speak upon is that there is a purpose. I have that conviction in my heart that there is a definite purpose for God bringing us together to look at what we want to speak about tonight. God doesn't speak without any, uh, just aimlessly. You know, there is an adage that says that water cannot be bitter without a purpose. There must be a reason why the lion is roaring. There must be something in God's heart why he's bringing this. For me, it has helped me to cry back to God. It has helped me to look at my account in the area of evangelism and disciple making. And it's making me also to be fired up to see what God will have us do this, this very particular week. I see that this very particular meeting is an action meeting. We are not just here to fill gaps. I believe that there is something that is in the heart of God. Why is bringing this word to us? And I want you to open your heart and trust God that God is the one that is speaking to you. Uh, build the culture of evangelism and disciple making. First of all, I want us to look at 
Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let's take it from there. Matthew chapter 7 from 24 to 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which builds his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the heat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Uh, there is something I also want to, to point out from the message version. Message, the same scripture. I want you to look at how he put it. These words I speak to you are not accidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. If you walk, if you walk these words into your life, you will like you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down. The river flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved the house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't walk them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Now we are talking, when we talk about building, you talk about a building without a foundation. You cannot just build a house and this house will come up without what? A foundation. So when we are talking about building a culture of evangelism and disciple making, we cannot do without coming to look at the foundation. Because when we talk about culture, is life of the people, isn't it? The manner of their life, their customs and their tradition. And I'm seeing here that if you are born again and you have given your life to Christ, you must also look at the, the, the manner of your life, the culture of your life. How is it built? And from here in the King James Version, 
I saw that there are two kinds of people. The foolish ones and the, the wise ones. And I also saw that this is also talking about the degree of our commitment to God. That we cannot talk about evangelism and disciple making if our life is not built on a solid rock. We cannot talk about sitting on people's life to make them look like Jesus if our own life too is on a sandy dish. And I'm looking at the heart of Christ for the body of Christ. And I saw God loving us this evening, coming to us as a church to tell us the heartbeat that is in the heart of Jesus. Now, from 20, uh, verse 24, he said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, is what? Is a wise man. Hmm? Is lacking to be like a wise man who built his house upon what? Upon a solid rock. A rock. No, if you don't have a solid foundation, you cannot venture touch what we call evangelism. You cannot also joke with disciple making until you have a foundation because God will come to test it. How will he test it? By the rainfall? He will descend with a flood. He will descend with what? With wings. And when I look at the, the message version, I, I discovered that he was talking about foundational words. Words to build a life upon. If you walk these walls into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on what? On a solid rock. You know, I've been looking at these walls. Rain poured down. Is there anyone that can catch rain not to fall? Maybe you want to defend so that it will not get to compound. But you see, when rain descends from heaven upon a house that is built upon a solid rock, it will not affect it. The river flooded. What baffles me is the way message uh, Bible rendered the word a tornado. Heat. And you all know what a ton, uh, tornado is. But nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. The first question God wants to ask us tonight is that, is your life fixed on the rock? You will soon see why some of us are not on evangelism and why our life and the culture of our life 
is not welcoming discipleship even in our lives and also to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, any man that hears the word of God, any woman that hears the word of God, you are building your life upon the solid rock if you obey what you are hearing and you do what you are hearing. You know, the other time I was talking to some of our people who are coming newly to faith. I said that there are things that you can do with the word of God. The first thing is to hear. Hear it because sometimes if we say you have to read the word of God, there are people who cannot read the word of God. There are people who can never read the word of God because they don't know how to read, whether in English or in their own vernacular language. So, the first thing is to hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing plus hearing times hearing. Hearing and hearing and hearing on top of hearing. Faith comes. That is Romans ten seventeen, isn't it? And without faith, you cannot please God. So, you need to hear the word of God. Huh? You need also to also read the word of God. You also need to do the word of God. You also need to obey the word of God. So I'm seeing it here that any life that is hearing the word of God and is obeying the word of God and is putting the word of God into action immediately without any complaint, your life is already entering into a solid rock. And I see here that if we talk about evangelism and disciple making, if your life is not on a solid rock, if the foundation of your life is not well laid on a solid rock, you cannot temper with evangelism. You cannot also joke with disciple making. I want us to take that as one of the, the cube. To swallow when we are talking about the culture of evangelism and disciple making. And I also see that if we don't have a solid foundation, when God comes to test it with rainfall, with winds, with flood, it cannot stand. Why? Because you can also see it from that 26 to 27. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and do not do them is like a foolish woman or foolish man that built his house upon the sand. Have you ever seen a sandy dish before? I think you are closer to Nungwa. Where, when you get there, you see the sandy uh, beach. Nobody tempers with that to go and have a solid building on a sandy beach. But the Bible describes a Christian who hears the word of God and is not putting the word of God into practice. 
is not doing the word of God, is not obeying the word of God, how foolish you are. There is no end to your foolishness. Because your foundation is foolishness. And whatever you build on foolishness is foolishness. And your life is built on foolishness. And you do foolish things. You cannot touch evangelism and disciple making. And you will soon see. Because from the scripture we want to look at. How do we build this culture in our life? The first thing is to hear the word of God and to do the word of God and to obey the word of God. He that obeys shall eat the good of the land. Obedience is the key. There is nothing that, could, that you can achieve on earth if you are not putting the word of God into practice. And you can see in the body of Christ today the rate of backsliding, the kind of coolness in going to evangelism is as a result of not putting the word of God into practice. You hear these sayings of mine and you did not do them. You are building your life upon rubbish. Anyone that will be involved in evangelism must have, must have a solid foundation. Your foundation must be built upon the solid rock and, and it must be very, very strong. So, this world that is coming to us is to grow us into becoming a solid foundation that God can trust and he can hand over to you the commission, the great commission. Do you know today that when we look at the great commission, we only quote it. I was looking at the, at the top. For what? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I wish it so. The other day I was cracking jokes with some youths. I say, over your head, somebody is in trotro. He's advertising medicine. And you know this medicine that can heal, that can cure uh, different, different kinds of disease, can stop you from going to to toilet, can also cure uh, di uh, diabetes. He's also going to stop hypertension. One also that we do so many things. And because you did not stand up to preach the gospel, saliva is on top of your head. Ah, sister or brother, are you not wicked? Are you hearing these sayings of mine? Jesus is asking. I am not ashamed of the gospel. But in your in, in Trotro in Ghana is 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 accepted that we can talk to anybody anywhere anytime. So when I heard that, immediately we go to Kaswa where we are. You know, four thirty, quarter to five. The other day I stood up. As I was going up and down, I just faced one locality like that and I opened all the kind of voice I have. Loud, and I was preaching. 
I was preaching hard. Yes. Before 5.30, I'm back home. And short gospel. Do you know that? As I call, can you, can you repeat after me if you want to give your life to Christ? They repeated, they gave their life to Christ. I was hearing it. I was happy. I was going. I said, Father, grant me more grace. Grant me more grace. Grant me more grace. On Saturday, normally, I will take Trotro from there to Accra Market. And you know, I, I, I aim at, Lord, give me souls. Lord, grant me grace. Father, help me. And you know, sometimes, especially when you see some of these, our, our people, your heart will be, it's not this one. Next, the next bus stop. The next bus stop. So, I just gather everything inside my heart. I say, Lord, I enter this very particular uh, trot for a, for, for, for a purpose. And God, you know, ask me, start now. After I paid, you know, some people, they do it so that they can give them some. So I've already paid my money. Uh, he has collected all the money of the people. And it was said to start down. I say, ah, for this purpose, you are in this bus. And as we continued, I was amazed that a woman just next to me was giving her life to Christ. I said, hey, God, thank you. Thank you, God. I worship you, Father. Ah, Lord, save them. The other time, I talked and talked and talked. As we prayed, I came out of, the woman was following me until we got to a place where we have to depart from each other. If your life doesn't have a solid foundation, you cannot talk about evangelism and also disciple making. I will be touching it as God will be helping us. But I just wanted us to take note of that. Then, I want to take you back a little before we begin to look at the lives, the custom, the culture of the apostles. Why are they adamant? Why are they strong? Why do they go from coast to coast, from house to house, from place to place, from town to town, from village to village? They throw them in the prison. They rejoice that they are in the prison. They, they flog them. They are dancing for Jesus. They say, don't speak in this name. They spoke in that name. They threatened them. They continued. How? Let's look at the first call that Jesus called the disciples. Matthew 4, 18 to 22. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. But he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straight away left their net and followed him. And going from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the sheep with Zebedee their father, mending their net, and he called them. And they immediately left the sheep, and their father, and do what? And followed him. 
It's not these days that you call people, please, let's go for Jesus. I'm coming. In fact, my children are resuming tomorrow. And I have to buy provision today. This is the only day I have. Then you go to another. I say, ah, in fact, in our workplace, we must not come late. In fact, I need to cook stew and do all those things before I get to the office. You get to the other one he has. Immediately, Jesus appeared to these people. He called them and they came to him. And they followed him straight away. That is one of the foundation of what? Of Peter and John. Look at how they responded to Jesus. It's not these days that you are talking about discipleship and some people are saying, ah, me, I've given my life to Christ 10 years old. God has been helping me. Old. I don't have any, any doubt that there is no disciple making. God has made me already. I'm already made. You can see all over me the glory of the Lord. We will soon see. So I saw that when Jesus beckoned on them, they came straight away. They left their nets and followed him. They left their father. They followed him. They left their children. They followed him. They left whatever matters in their life. The only thing they see, they saw Jesus and they followed him. I don't know whether that is the beginning of your life. Do you see Jesus? Do you experience him? So I saw that that is the first step they took. And as time goes on, in chapter 5 of Matthew, he called them, they came, he climbed the mountain, they climbed the mountain with him, he spoke to them, he taught them, he instructed them, he sat upon their life, he discipled them. And I saw that they responded. They followed him. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirit to cast them out, to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease. And you can read on and on and on and on. He instructed them. Go and read the whole of the chapter. How they must behave when they go on in evangelism. You know, for one reason, God baptized us with the Holy Spirit. And do you know you give account of the Holy Spirit? You give account of how God filled you with the Holy Spirit for a divine purpose. Not to just sit down and, and you are just wallowing in tongues. No evangelism. No action. Only to decorate yourself and baptize yourself with speaking in tongues. I saw here that Jesus called them. Eh? He equipped them. He instructed them. He spoke to them. He trimmed their life. And he corrected them. And make you and he make them. He made them. They followed him to the mountain. They went. When he came down, they still followed him. 
while it was yet daybreak. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. He left and do what? He withdrew into a solitary place to go and pray. When he he taught them prayer, they saw him they saw him preached. They saw him cast out demons. And now called them. And he gave them power. He filled them that they should go. And do you know for what? For evangelism. For multiplication of souls. And I saw here that when I was reading it, he told them not to be afraid. That they should carry nothing. They should just go in the name of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 3. I want you to see something small. Then we will not take too much time. We just look at them because they have become our, our pictures to see and life to emulate. I saw that in Mark chapter 3. Verse 13 to 15. And he goeth up into the mountain and calleth unto him whom he would. And they came to him. They came to him. I saw that when we talk in Africa, please, can you come? To come means I'm coming. And when somebody says I'm coming, where is he going? I'm going to come. Is that not so? I saw that God called Abraham in Genesis 22, isn't it? When you look at that scripture, when you have time, go and look at it. Abraham, Abraham, what did he say? Here am I. He didn't say I'm coming. Oh, let me tell my wife that, please, somebody is calling me. Abraham, Abraham, yes, Lord, here am I. Get into the mountain of Moriah and offer me the holy Isaac, whom you love. is becoming your walking stick. I saw that there is no nothing between. He called them and they came up to him. And he ordained the twelve that they should be with him. Can you see the matter of these people? They were first of all disciples before they became apostles. You cannot also enter disciple making if you have not been with the Lord it upon your life. And that is why there are so many rottenness today in the church. Why? Because so many lives have not been sat upon. They don't look like Jesus. Nobody is discipling people again. Why? Because for you also to be a disciple maker, you must be one. You cannot disciple people if you are not a disciple. They first of start with Jesus. Jesus with them. You cannot be for him if you are not with him. That is the matter. That is why so many, when you talk about disciple making or evangelism, it is for pastors, it is for um, bishops or whatever you can call it. They were first of all with him. 
that he might send them forth to preach. So before the evangelism, they are with him. He sat on the knife. Eh? He purified them. He took away every rock in their life. Anything that will make them not to be what God want them to be, he cast it out of their life. He discipled them. He sat upon their life. He instructed them. They saw Christ. He saw them. Do you know, sometimes I imagine that 12 of them are going to eat. And maybe Peter, you know, is very bold. He will take the biggest meat. And they know that he's greedy. Very bold man. He fears nobody. But I saw Christ calling on them and he sat on them. And not only that, he then ordained them to go forth, to preach, not to sit down. God has called us, saved us from our sin, so that we can go forth and preach the gospel. In 15, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So I saw that these are men of authority. Jesus has taught them how to cast out devils. God built their life. He taught them how to live their life. He instructed them. They saw even the miracles that Jesus did. Do you know the miracle of 5,000? And 12 baskets were left. They saw it. They experienced him. And when you look at Matthew 16, I just wanted to point out a few things for us. Matthew 16, verse 13. And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, is? And he said, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Why is he saying that? He has seen Christ. He has been convicted in his life. He has seen that this man, this Christ is not ordinary. This person we are following, personal revelation. The com- he has a deep conviction in his life. It's not a story. He's not John the Baptist. He's not one of the prophets. Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Do you have an encounter with him? When we are talking about evangelism and disciple making, you must have a deeper conviction in your life. Apart from opening your mouth to say, Lord Jesus, I have accepted you as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me all my sin. That is only the area that your own life ended. Peter, 
flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. You have said the truth. He deal with people generally. He turned to his own and he said, Whom do you say that I am? Some of us, we thought that Jesus can heal. Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus can provide this. Jesus can do this. Do you have a personal touch with God? Is there anything, any situation or circumstances that you can point to? I have seen God. Some of us have sung about God. How wonderful, how marvelous, how excellent. But your life, are you convinced? Is there any conviction in your heart that this is Jesus? That is the one that will push you to tell somebody about Jesus. Do you know we have Christians that have never had any divine encounter? When we are talking about divine visitation, divine encounter, we have never seen God. So how can we talk about Him? If you have never experienced the life of Christ, if you have never been convicted in your heart that this is Christ, not the living God, He said flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. Upon you, I will build my church. Eh? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That is one of the things that is building up Peter. That is one of the things that is granting him boldness. God have revealed Jesus to him. And they continued. And God was revealing himself to them. Look at what happened to Peter. The first message of, Jesus, of Peter in the day of Pentecost. That will move us to the arts of the apostle. There is something about them that, is becoming, that has become their culture. They were built up. They grow in Christ. They live in Christ. They follow Jesus all the way. They drop their neck that could have been a distraction to them. They came just as they are and they said, Jesus, this is whom we are. Whatever you want to do with our life, do with our life. I remember 78 when Jesus encountered me. I went back. I came back 79. I gave my life to Christ. I was preaching. The day the Holy Spirit visited us in the school, is a Muslim, you know, both Muslim and Christian, we are together in the school. Our principal was a, was a Muslim. And this woman who came for our national service just was teaching us the word of God and we were growing with her. And they are about ending their service to leave. And they were crying. We are crying. We are praying that God should help us so that as she's going, we will stand. So she said, next week we are going to do baptism of the Holy Spirit and I want you to, to prepare and come. As she stood up like this, it's like a wind. Ooh, V, like that. It scattered all of us. 
Some of us are facing the student. Some of us are standing somewhere. Some of us are pointing to the teachers who are, who are looking at us as we are speaking in tongues. That is how we started our own evangelism. On a high note. And as they want to draw closer, some are speaking in tongues. This is the work of God. Repent. Life to Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comment unto him. I will never forget in my life. The second day, the second time, I saw another encounter. Where we are, they, it was a burial ground. Where they bury people. And it's part of the, the, the place they build our school. So in the night... There are demonic forces all around. And I had a weak law in my head. So this time I was in the hostel in the afternoon. This woman just appeared from nowhere like a Fulani woman, very light with a big eyeball. As she's approaching, I myself, I was speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. You know, sometimes when you, you feel some... Your head is heavy, your body is like you are shivering. I know this is a demon. In the name of Jesus. Out. Just go to where you belong to. This is not your house. Jesus has entered into this heart. Those are the things that God was building us up with. You see, Peter, he encountered God and God revealed himself to him. Their lives were built. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, that an hearken unto my voice. These men are not drunk. And on and on and on. If you go to verse 38. After he has preached the gospel, the people were looking at him. And he told them, face to face, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. There is no time to emphasize, but you see that there was an addition that God brought to them, 41. Then they, they that gladly received his word, were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about what? 3,000 souls. See our backsliding. Our coming to invite people to church is not by evangelism. It's not because we want souls. Hey, we have this program. If you come, it will help you. You will be you will be blessed. In fact, God is going to also prosper you. 
I want to tell you, if we want to really be frank with ourselves, we need to cry to God tonight. Souls are not adding to us. It's activities that is adding to us. Eh? Activities. Methods. Programs. Ha. Ah. What are we going to do tonight? Because these apostles, they were first disciples. God brought them up. They followed him. They obeyed him. Huh? Until the day that he was taken off. And he gave them a promise. As I'm going, I'm going to come. And the Lord came. He filled them with the Holy Ghost. The first message of Peter was very, very sharp. If you continue and continue, you will see how he was rebuking them. This is Jesus that you crucify. He was very, very bold. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together unto the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And I'm seeing here that, hey, these people, they are good though. Their life of prayer is also added. They saw how Jesus prayed. They saw him and they cultivated it. They went to the hour of prayer. You can see that this man was a crippled man at the beautiful gate. Is it possible that you are in a, in a beautiful place, but your life is rotting? Like this man that is crippled. An hour of prayer where people go to talk to God and lift up the holy hands of God. He is crippled by the beautiful gate. And as you look at them, the normal culture of a beggar to expect you to give him money. Isn't it? Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold. What did he say? We have none. But that which we have, we give unto you. Do you know that it's not everybody that have that name, Jesus? Eh? It's not everybody that have the name Jesus. They have Jesus in their life. Jesus is more than gold. Jesus is more than silver. Jesus is more than car. Jesus is more than houses. Jesus is more than the glories of the world. The name Jesus. Say, man, we don't have money to give you. But the name that is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every kneel shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Pa, 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 pa. There is something that entered into cripple man and he rose up the leg was straight and he began to walk and the Bible says he was jumping and limping and praising God when are we going to start to bring those that have been crippled in life they are sorrowful they have been battered the devil demonized in the world system 
if the devil asks them to drink in the morning, they are drinking. If the devil asks them, whatever he asks them to do, they will be doing it. When they are drunk, then they become foolish, going up and down. And Jesus is looking at you and me. Just as this man was by the beautiful gate. Then when people saw him, there is something I want to, to bring out. Look at verse 12, the same chapter. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? So, look at what he's saying. And the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up. Can you see another message? Is that what he has told them is enough, isn't it? But because it's their normal life. Anything that happened to them, they must preach the gospel. Look at the way he was also coming in this very particular place. Look at it. Whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Are you seeing the tongues of Peter? They don't fear anybody. They don't care who you are. In their own days, who are you? To question them. Even when you are asking them, in what authority are you preaching? He said, we are preaching in the authority of Jesus whom you crucified. Are you seeing something? Ha! God, come to us in mercy. God must come to us in mercy. I want also for you to look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, everything is the gospel. When they answer somebody, the answer is the gospel. When they turn to heal people, when they ask, who heal you? When they come to that person, it is the gospel. You can see that the gospel is their culture. They cannot do without it. Look at chapter 4. Something happened in chapter 4. Their first persecution. You know, because of the way they were healing, they were talking to people, they were very bold, testimonies were all over the place. Now they have come to the authorities of their time. The Sahendri. People who have power. People that you cannot talk in their presence. We are talking about their pres like presidents, like governors, 
May your regions stand in the authority. News have gone all over the place. There are some men that are turning this country upside down. And people are happy they are following. So they gather together in chapter 4. And something happened in that, in that chapter. When you read from one, you read it at home. Look at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the olive oils, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people, elders of Israel, if we these days be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto all, unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, <laughs> whom God raised from the dead, even by him, do this man stand here before you whole. Are you seeing something here? What kind of people are these? Please, sister, brother, eh? Mrs. Where you see armor tanks and you see soldiers, they are already pointing gun to you. They say she's the one. She is the one. Look at them. They bring you to the, to, to the center. And they will say, say your last word. How many of us will mention Jesus? Please let me see your hand. Eh? How many? Do you know the kind of people that are interrogating them? Eh? When you go, read the scribes, the rulers, the... the the elders, the high priest, Cephas, John, Alexander, as many, all of them gathered in Jerusalem and they brought the apostles and put them in the middle. And yet, they say, oh, is that why you brought us? Ah, this man that you see is the name of Jesus that set him free. And Jesus, whom you people, you people, you people, you crucified him, all of you. It's Jesus that you crucify all that set him free. Are you seeing something here? Can you see that we need to cry to God? Because some of us, in those days, when I came newly, I don't know, I saw in the YouTube how a man was begging a small boy. And the boy was also laughing and say, <laughs> and you say you are a man of God. Now you are afraid where we will kill you. That's why you are shivering, you are coming to beg us. <sighs> Many have turned their back from evangelism because of their what? The foundation of their life. And I'm seeing here in verse 12, he pointed to them this is the stone, verse 11, which was set at naught of, of you builders, which is becoming the head of the corner 
12, neither is there any salvation in any other way. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. That is Peter, the apostle. They are talking like this. To these very authorities that are standing before them. When you go read all of those scriptures, when you get to 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen, which we have heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing. How they might be pun- how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorify God for that which was done. Hmm. Which one are we going to read tonight? We have so many examples of what happened. Look at chapter 5, verse 12 to 16. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they all, they were all with one accord in Solomon Punch. You can see that they are together, they move together, they go from house to house, they preach from coast to coast, they preach from village to village, they preach from town to town. The preaching of the gospel, evangelism, is their culture. And you can also see that when Paul came, he gave his life to Christ. Something happened in chapter 9, which I just want to point out to us before we resume tomorrow. When John, when Paul saw became Paul. What happened to him? He had an encounter. He had an accident with Jesus because he was very stubborn. He was going from place to place and he was killing the Christians in his own time. But this day, when God confronted him, he bowed. Look at verse 18. Chapter 9, verse 18 of Acts. And immediately they fell from there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight for which and arose and he was baptized. But by the time you get back, look at verse eight and verse five. And he said, it's like I will have to go back, verse 3 of chapter 9. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Suddenly, there shone around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And he said, Thou, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee 
to kick against the bricks. And he, tre- and he trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what shall thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The first help that Saul received was the help of who? Ananias. And God spoke to Ananias that go, there is a man called Saul. I have arrested him. When you read the whole chapter, he will give you the story in fullness. What am I pointing out? We are coming to look at the life of Saul. Thank God that he was a disciple. Now, let me ask you a question. If Paul, Saul, Saul was not discipled when he gave his life to Christ, what will it turn out to be? Can we hear all that we are hearing about him today? I'm just asking us a question. If just as he encountered Christ on his way, and God confronted him and smite him with blind, uh, blindness. And later his eyes were open. He said, I have given my life to Christ. If it is in our day, what will happen? Let's talk. Do you know that they will be, will be busy with him, going from church to church. He will be telling them the story how the lightning come, how it was just like a rainbow, how he fell down, where he fell down, there is power there, and people will clap. Pa, 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 pa. After one year or two years, it finishes, isn't it? Thank God for disciple making. Barnabas took Paul for one year and he sat upon his life. You can see it in the scriptures when you read. He sat upon his life. He discipled him. They brought him to their midst. Do you know, first of all, when they saw him, they don't want him to come near them because they were thinking he's going to slaughter them. He's going to put them in prison. But God had to appear to Ananias, Ananias and told him, that no, I have arrested him. Go there and pray for him that he will receive his healing. Then they led him. And once his eyes were open, that is another fire that God added to the apostles. And because he was discipled, you can see what happened to his life. How God used him, how he was bold. Peter was doing his own. They are men and women that God has used in the scriptures. So as we pray tonight, where is your own portion in God? What is your own life? What kind of life are you living? Your next door neighbor is a smoker. The one at the back is a humanizer. The one in the front doesn't know Jesus. The one by the left is a drunkard. You have never 
open your mouth to talk to your uncle. After church, you enter the same structure, you are back to eat rice at home. Nothing. Another day again, you wake up. Another time again, you come to uh, weekly activities, just as we are tonight. God is asking us a question. Blessed is he, a wise man, is a man that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. His house will be a solid house. How is your life tonight? How is your life built? Can we point to you and say, yes, there is a culture of this sister. And her culture is evangelism and disciple making. Some of us, we gather crowd. We preach to them. We spend a lot of money. How many of them are standing today? We don't even have a burden to cry to God on their behalf. And so you come to church today, you see people who are half-baked, you see people who are misbehaving here and there, when you rebuke them, they carry their Bible, they go to another church. When they come to the church, what will they do? Who are they that are standing here for the first time? They lift up their hand. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. We can see all over you, all over you, all over you. The glory of the Lord. He has abused his pastor and took his Bible and came to the church. Which glory are you seeing? We'll be praying today. Do you have a burden for souls? Do you know that if somebody dies without Christ, he's going to hell? Do you know what hell is? Hell is lacking to be like a big sea instead of water is fire. And when a soul is thrown into the lake of fire, ah, there is no end to it forever and ever and ever plus ever times ever forever. Crying and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Please, tonight, God is knocking at the door of our heart. We must rise to preach the gospel. God is looking for Peters. God is looking for Pauls. God is looking for John. God is looking for the Barnabas that will arise. Barnabas, he did Mark, John Mark. If for this building hands, we cannot stand here today and testify of the Lord, what he has done in the heart of the apostles. So as we pray, I want you to close your eyes and say, Father, you are talking to me tonight. Many souls have gone to hell in eternity, which I could have preached to, but because I'm not bold like Peter, I was afraid. I regarded my life Father, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me tonight. Father, to 